Welcome to Lombardi's Legends. It's Dane. I'm here with Wags, and Wags cut down happened, and it looks like at least we have a preliminary 53-man roster uh, as we're recording this here today. Um, some of the practice squad players have been signed and named, uh, but it sounds like about half of them or so uh, still haven't been signed or haven't been announced at the very least. So uh, the roster is still in flux, but uh, we, we're actually able to now start to paint the picture of what the 2020 Green Bay Packers are going to look like. Yeah, and no major stories. I mean, we didn't go 53 for 53, either of us, <laughs> but we, we we were pretty close. And, and, I mean, if you put it together, if not completely correct on a couple of the players that ended up making this initial 53-man roster, I think in terms of the structure of some of the moves that they made and how they, you know, formed the roster, uh, we were pretty much spot on. So, um, uh, not not really too many surprises, and I, just like you just said, uh, things seem pretty fluid. No waiver claims uh, for the Packers uh, in the initial cutdown. However, they did have a couple of free agent uh, wide receivers in for workouts today, and they also signed a third, uh, uh, Robert Foster, off of the Bills' uh, cut. So they're certainly going. And he he joins the practice squad, so we'll get into that, but. Um, obviously, uh, the front office is still looking to evaluate outside talent as well as to wrap up uh, the rest of these practice squad signings. Yeah, and sticking to the wide receiver room, I mean, because frankly, the quarterback and running back, no surprises whatsoever uh, on that front. Uh, everything we kind of thought might happen, happened. Dexter Williams got cut but uh, ends up back in the practice squad. But then you come to the wide receiver room, I think maybe one of the biggest surprises, at least uh, even with the Packer beat writers, was that uh, Malik Taylor sticks as the number five. The Packers only keep five right now, which I know we talked about the last pod. We thought that might actually be the case where they start with five, they add a sixth when uh, either Kamal Martin or now it looks like maybe uh, – KB on Ento as well, who the Packers kept. Both of those guys may end up going to the IR. Um, so I expect the Packers to add a sixth receiver personally. Um, but Malik Taylor being the number five guy, a guy who signed late last season, uh, or excuse me, late in the preseason last year. And clearly the Packers like what they've seen. They like the growth that they've seen there. And Malik Taylor slides in there with legs, a lot of competition. For that fifth spot, a lot of other guys there, uh, the Packers sign uh, a fair share to the practice squad, as you mentioned, but uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. Malik Taylor, man, like, talk about battling your way onto a roster. Absolutely, and I do have to wonder if part of this is a special teams move, um, and they, they evaluated these guys, and all things being equal, Malik Taylor, five years younger than Jake Kumro, something we talked yeah. about the other day as well. Uh, Kumro, we saw, got picked up by the Bills practice squad today. So the Packers trade wide receivers and Robert Foster and Jake Kumro, uh, two respective practice squads. But Malik Taylor, uh, he's got a lot of speed, got nice size. Uh, I think he's been part of the program now. He was on the practice, a late addition, uh, right before the preseason started last year to the practice squad. 
um, and he was with the team all year, came back. So you've got to assume that he built some good camaraderie and familiarity with the coaching staff uh, and with the other players in that locker room. And clearly he came in ready to camp uh, and battle his way and earned a spot on the roster. Um, as the fifth wide receiver, we know he's going to have to contribute on special teams. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. one of the things that without preseason games, you don't really get to evaluate a lot from the outside. Uh, but uh, Malik Taylor, I'm sure uh, that must have had to have been a big part, um, not taking nothing away from him as a receiver. But at, at that position, that had to have been a big part uh, of why he was able to earn a spot on the roster. Yeah, and uh, Darius Shepard, who I know you really like, uh, and I like as well, uh, but, but somebody that he, um, you know, he was able to come back. Certainly a guy, I think, Wags, I mean, I think the coaching staff's a little infatuated with Darius Shepard, and I don't mean that negatively. I think he's a good player, uh, came from a small school, and they want to give him more opportunity. He had another really nice camp. Uh, you mentioned Foster, who, uh, two seasons ago, Wags, had 500 plus yards receiving as an undrafted rookie. Uh, and in that quarterback's bill, uh, quarterback, excuse me, Buffalo Bills quarterbacks, uh, not necessarily known for slinging it. So that sticks out to me a little bit. And then pal of our pod, the podcast here, Reggie Bengleton, uh, was able to stick making that transition from Canada. I know you and I are both really excited to see him, uh, in this role as well. Um, Wags wouldn't be surprised if throughout the year, uh, a couple of these guys, if not all of them, uh, turn up and end up on the act of 53 at some point. I agree. And Robert Foster, you know, uh, for an undrafted guy, he just has blazing speed. He ran a 4.4140. So, uh, you know, that could be another toy to play around with, see if they're able to refine uh, some of his uh, route running skills. Still a young kid. I mean, he's only 26 years old. So uh, perhaps someone that the Packers can bring in, get a, get a look at here and, and see if he's able to develop and be part of this this practice squad, and as you said, he'll have to be ready to go. Uh, perhaps, I don't think early on, but maybe at some point this season, he's someone that the Packers are going to need to rely on uh, to, to get some snaps or to play in a game or two. And shifting gears, I've uh, glossed over running back, uh, breaking news as we're recording this pod on a Sunday after, late afternoon or early evening, uh, John Lovett, the fullback, uh, that uh, we, we've had our eye on, will be back in Green Bay. Looks like the Packers are bringing him in. Um, this Packer offense, w- we know that some weeks they're going to have a fullback. It just it, it, Something tells me that, that, you know, they're one of those teams that are going to keep a fullback around. So John Lovett added uh, to, to the fullback room um, and, and uh, on the practice squad here. And then Wags, uh, shifting gears again to the offensive line. Um I, I got to tell you, I guess I'm not shocked that uh, they kept Yash uh, Nijman over some of the other guys uh, here. I think both you and I thought Alex Light was probably going to get cut. Uh, he's back on the practice squad. But um, I think that a um, little surprise that it was, it was Nijman just because he's battled some injuries. Um, so I think they really like his athleticism. Clearly, he was on the active 53 near the end of last season. Um but really, I mean, I thought that maybe one of the bigger surprises, and again, not the biggest surprise in the world, um, but 
was the fact that the Packers' sixth-round pick, uh, Oregon, or excuse me, Oregon center Jake Hansen, was also one of the guys cut. Um, so uh, I don't know if that was because he just um, didn't have a lot of versatility, was more of a, a true center, and maybe they didn't think that he was going to be developed into a, a kind of a guard or a swing guy soon enough. Um, maybe I'm reading too much into that. Who knows? He might still end up on our practice squad. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a shock because I think that in the back of my mind, I said, hey, if Jake Hansen sticks this year, he could very well be the starting center next year. Um, but and that, that's not necessarily not the case. But uh, all of a sudden, you know, I'm a little surprised that Jake Hansen's cut after just a few months. Yeah, I I wouldn't read too much into that yet. I, he hasn't gotten picked up by anyone else at this point uh, as yeah. of this recording. I have to wonder if a lot of this isn't some of the semantics of the week one shuffling that they're having to do potentially with with Billy Turner and Rick Wagner being a little dinged up and if Josh Nishman is uh, uh, still on the roster for week one and, and is having to start at right, right tackle that could be a big part of this or perhaps uh, when they make the, the move to put Kamal Martin and uh, KB on the into on the IR as expected here soon uh, then perhaps a corresponding move will be to have Hanson uh, re-sign back to the active mm-hmm. 53 or at the very least onto the practice squad with the understanding that he might be that next man in. So it's it's really interesting. I have to be honest with you, Dane. After we got done recording the other night, I was really going to sleep thinking that there was a decent chance that Rick Wagner might get cut. Uh, yeah. When you're looking, you're looking at a guy that they're paying nine million in the next two years, and with Lane Taylor having a heck of a camp and securing a starting spot at guard, doesn't it really financially make a lot of sense to be paying both Rick Wagner and Billy Turner what they're paying them. Now I understand Rick Wagner's not getting a ton of money, and and you'll and you'll you know accept that four four to five million for a backup. Uh, uh, offensive lineman, especially if you figure he'll probably see some snaps and his primary uh, offensive tackle is the backup uh, potentially behind Billy Turner and David Bakhtiari. Uh, So Mm -hmm. he does have value. Uh, But that being said, I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a surprise to me that they may not have looked at an opportunity to save a little bit of money there. They don't have much invested in Rick Wagner. Uh, he wasn't part of the team last year. They really didn't have any off-season uh, program. So, and he and he was hurt a lot of the camp. Um, so, I, I it's interesting. I'm not sure if they're just kind of nervous about that whole offensive line uh, as yeah. a whole uh, in terms of the health or, or what what could be going into that. But my guess is they're not done making moves with that offensive line room either. We saw a lot of workouts with the wide receivers. I don't know that they're going to bring someone from the outside in yet, uh, but that will really depend on the health of Rick Wagner and Billy Turner here for week one and moving forward. Yes, very good. No, very good. Um, flip, flipping gears to the defensive side of the ball, Wags. Um, they kept five, not exactly the five that I think either you and I have here. Uh, Montrevious Adams makes the roster once again. Um, little known, I, at least I wasn't aware of this when we did our pod. Uh, looks like Hester 
uh, defensive lineman is uh, on the IR and unable to return for this season by how the Packers designated him. So he will not be on this roster this season. So uh, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki, uh, Tyler Lancaster, and Montrevious Adams comes in. Uh, Montrevious Adams, I think, was the one guy that um, I – I'm probably um, pretty surprised by and overall maybe the most surprised by on the defensive side of the ball being kept. Um, I thought with the, between the injuries and the ineffectiveness, I thought the team might be moving on from him. But um, they're going to give him another shot. Uh, and uh, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that this young man can um, really put it together this season um, because you know we might need that depth uh, along the way. So Montrevious Adams sticks as a defensive lineman in Green Bay. Yeah, I, I, again, this is not one that I read too much into. I, I was surprised, too, but um, with Travion Hester, apparently, and I didn't know that he was hurt, and I don't know if anybody really did. So yeah. that was a little bit of a surprise. I'm not going to, you know, uh, I'm pretty lukewarm on, on, on Montrevious Adams, clearly. Uh, he, this is his fourth year with the team, and he's had little to no impact. I'm not expecting a lot, and, and if I were him, I wouldn't be terribly secure in, in my job right now because yep. uh, it, it's not going to take a whole lot for them to move on from him, And in my opinion, uh, with him being on the last year of his rookie contract. So it, it's it's more of a numbers thing. I mean, uh, Willington Prevalon is the only other defensive lineman on the roster mm-hmm. once uh, uh, Travion Hester was, was put on the IR, so – and he was re-signed to the practice squad today. So they're, they're, they're going to have uh, five defensive linemen. I, I know we disagreed on that, but we'll see if, if Adams is even active on the game day roster uh, to start in the first couple of weeks, uh, let alone getting any snaps out on the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Wags, just kind of moving along here, um, the Packers in the inside linebacker position, not a big surprise here. As we explained our last podcast, I think some people might be surprised seeing Kamal Martin's name on that uh, initial 53. But again, um, got to keep him on the 53, and then you can put these guys on IR. Otherwise, um, you don't get them for the season. Uh, they can't come back. So we'd like to obviously see what Kamal Martin can do in a few weeks here, and I expect him to make some kind of impact with his defense. So at least for now, the Packers keep three at the middle linebacker position. Curtis Bolton uh, put back on that physically unable to perform list as well, a guy who um, a season ago in training camp looked like he might be the starting inside linebacker. So, um, you know, we've got guys. Uh, but right now it's Kirksey, Oren Burks, and Ty Summers and, and Wags. Uh, I know that your guy, Ravy, uh, also could be making some, some moves. And I wouldn't even be surprised, Wags, if Raven Green's the starting inside guy next to Kirksey in week one. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. And, and we know that uh, Coach Patton really likes to get as many cornerbacks and, and DBs out on the field as possible. Um, and I know Raven Green's a safety, so I didn't mean to call him a corner, but he, he's, he's gonna be out on the field a lot. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, but we've got a couple of other guys that, in Ty Summers and Oren Burks, that, uh, uh, by all accounts are healthy and had good competition in camp. So I think they're gonna see plenty of reps too, 
uh, whichever one of them emerges as the starter. I don't think there's been anything announced uh, on that front uh, to this point. Uh, the Packers are trying to keep their cards pretty close to the vest. Uh, not that I'm sure the Vikings are terribly concerned about the inside linebacker uh, position uh, for week mm-hmm. one. But in any event, uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm sure one of those two at least will see a, a healthy dose of snaps as well. But you're absolutely right. I wouldn't be surprised to see Raven Green get more snaps than either of those guys, um, at least to start the season. Uh, Dan, the only other, just to move around a little bit, the only other move that was uh, not predicted by either of us was Kavion Ento uh, making the initial 53. And again, someone we expect to start the season on IR. Uh, clearly, the coaching staff in front office likes this guy. He was on the practice squad all year last year. They wouldn't have kept a 53-man roster spot for him if, if they didn't like him. But you almost wonder a little bit if this is more of a numbers thing, too, where mm-hmm. they just don't want to lose uh, someone that could potentially uh, provide them some depth. I'm not sure if he's actually a 53-man roster guy or if they just wanted to make sure that uh, they can keep him and have an opportunity to bring him in mm-hmm. later in the year if there are some injuries and they need someone else uh, to step in at some point. Yeah, and Wags, I got to think it worked out perfectly for the Packers. They played their hands right because something tells me Ento goes to IR. Stanford Samuels the third is getting called up pretty darn quick. Um, I, I thought I think he's the guy that both of us had as the sixth cornerback. Um, and, uh, and unless there's somebody else that's out there that they're they're hoping to add, but I don't see that happening. I mean, I, I really think that, and I'm curious your take, but would you be shocked if Stanford Samuel's third uh, all of a sudden, you know, in the next three days ends up on the 53-man roster? No. However, I would say that the way that this is playing out is interesting. We still have Jake Hansen out there uh, potentially, um, and then are we going to bring in a sixth receiver so it'll be interesting to see if it's a corner that comes up to replace Ento um, and or Kamal Martin, or if they bring up another wide receiver, or if they add a, uh, another offensive lineman, um, or exactly what they're intending to do with those uh, more than likely two open spots that will be coming up in the next day or so. Um, I know that they can't just immediately make these moves. Uh, the players have to clear waivers and, then they can proceed from there. Um, so it's all procedural stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, um, it, it is interesting that the timing of, of how they've been doing some of these signings could point to the front office saying, you know, we're just going to sign you to 53. Um, let's not practice, sign you to practice squad and then have to make another corresponding move um, mm-hmm. uh, to have someone clear waivers. So, uh, it, there could be some procedural elements to this, and I'm, perhaps I'm reading too much into it. Uh, but um, uh, in any event, uh, we'll know. We'll certainly know more uh, by tomorrow. And Wags, how about Randy Ramsey uh, making the 53? Uh, I, that that was the other one where good for him. Uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. I think he was on the practice squad last season. Uh, we both had uh, uh, guessed that Jonathan Garvin, Spider. <laughs> was going to maybe make it as a, as an extra guy. The Packers did uh, keep him, and then, indeed, they ended up keeping five uh, at that edge position. And Randy Ramsey, 
battles his way on, uh, some fierce competition uh, coming up late with some other young potential pass rushers. But um, the Packers clearly like Randy. And, uh, again, another guy who um, p- potentially is going to be needing to fill in on some special teams uh, when he's up and he's active. And uh, and you know what? Uh, I could see Ramsey actually being the guy who's up most of the time as the fourth rusher on Sunday right now, allowing Garvin to really just hone his skills. And maybe Garvin's the guy who isn't active on Sundays. We'll know more uh, pretty darn soon, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if Ramsey's actually going to get some snaps here come Sunday. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I don't think he'll be out on the deep, get many, if any, defensive snaps, but mm-hmm. special teams, absolutely. And, you know, I think uh, <laughs> clearly Goody has a thing for Randy Ramsey. He was one of the guys that they brought in um, before the draft last year uh, for pre-draft interviews. Then he becomes clearly a target of, as an undrafted free agent, uh, and then he's on the practice squad all year last year. Uh, they bring him back, and now he earns his way onto the 53-man roster. So um, uh, there's definitely some things that clearly the front office and coaching staff like with Ramsey Ramsey, so kudos to him. I thought uh, his name wasn't someone that I heard a whole lot in camp, so I was it was a minor surprise, but um, mm-hmm. there was no one else. I, I know I predicted Tim Williams, and, and you had uh, Tipa Galei, and I think, Probably those three were, I'm guessing, pretty close uh, in terms mm-hmm. of that competition. So not a shocker, um, and good for Randy for securing that spot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's exciting now. I mean, I, I just kind of going through the list of guys, uh, you know, I, I, I'm pleased that uh, it, it seems like a trend around the league this year, Wags, uh, is not a lot of guys are getting claimed by other teams, just by anybody, because I think with COVID and otherwise, Guys have gotten a look at these players, uh, you know, and they want to kind of stay in house. And, and there, there's not a lot of preseason tape either, right, Legs? Like, it's like, this is what you've got. So you want to really kind of foster and build those relationships uh, and then kind of keep these players around. Uh, I was particularly happy that Chris Barnes was able to stick in Green Bay as well, inside linebacker. Uh, we talked about him on our last podcast. I, I really like him. Um, and, uh, again, right now with only having three inside linebackers there, he's definitely going to be, um, you know, there's potential for him to get some uh, called up to the big league, so to speak, soon. But um, it, it's just been a fascinating offseason all around, and this process is no different. I mean, the guys that got claimed from the Packers uh, today were Kumaro and Malik Turner and Wags, both of those guys have, like, actual game tape, right? It's not like they're undrafted rookies or they're guys that are coming from the college ranks. So I thought that that was pretty telling that guys that already have film, I think some of these front office people are going to be a little bit more comfortable bringing in uh, than maybe guys that they don't really have any tape at the next level. Yeah, and ditto for Robert Foster, who the Packers signed with, uh, from Absolutely. the Bills. Right? Right, so. And it's a, I would say I, that sums it up really well. It's a two-way street, I think, this year. The players have to realize that, you know, they have some continuity opportunity. I know everyone is very competitive and wants to be part of the, the NFL game day, 53-man roster, et cetera, on down the line. So um, being on a practice squad is, is not – a bad thing, but everybody wants to, to elevate and get to that ne- next level, right? 
but at the mm-hmm. same time, these players, I think, uh, probably have to realize that there's a very good chance with things the way they are, if they just stick with the teams that they're on, uh, that uh, the coaching staff have some familiarity. Uh, more than likely, there's going to be a lot of fluidity to that 53-man roster. So they just have to be patient, continue to work hard, and they uh, probably have as good of an opportunity as any year uh, to get onto that 53 at some point down the road. That's, a, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Um, legs, I mean, I – and unless you have uh, other things you want to talk about today here, I mean, I can't believe it, but this is our last podcast before uh, we've got game prep. <laughs> we've got I know. the Vikings a week away. Uh, this is kind of uh, like the last off-season podcast. A familiar foe, uh, and uh, I am looking forward to talking about actual games and uh, getting ready for some action. It's going to be a little bit interesting because – uh, we're going to have to go back to last year. Uh, there's there's some um, guys that we haven't really seen out on the field at all, so it's not a typical week one preview, but um, at least it's with an opponent that we're very well acquainted with, and um, I think it's going to be really exciting. So stay tuned for that. Uh, that should be out later in the week as we get closer uh, to the game. We'll get it out early enough so that you have time to consume it, but not so early that uh, there isn't uh, some – late changes or news that comes out that we're unable to talk about before game day. Wags, does this mean that I actually have to, like, do research on the Minnesota Vikings this week? Oh, gosh. I I don't know (laughs) if I can handle it. (laughs) Uh, Well, um, I think we've had enough uh, opportunities to see and watch and talk about Kirk Cousins that you can kind of just (laughs) digest and and recycle through that information. But um, um, (laughs) uh, it'll be fun. Uh, I hope the Packers are are ready to go. Um, Certainly it would be – uh, very good to get out the gate strong and, and start out one and zero against a divisional opponent, but um, you know it's not going to be an easy game. No game is, and um, I'm hoping that they just have uh, are ready to go and can play some clean football. But we'll talk uh, and get more into that in our preview episode coming up. So um, I think that about wraps it up for us today. So Dane, I think uh, we're ready to just say it: Go Pack, go! Go Pack, go!